Beard. Welcome to the Halftime Report, powered by Sports Cannabis. I'm your host, D-Ray. I, I, I'm here with. Um, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a fun conversation because you you're willing to be outspoken about it. Like we was just talking about before we hopped on camera, you're willing to be the front guy for it. Um, you 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 got a lot you got a lot going for you. You're known as the greatest Titan to wear that number, and it's just I can't do it justice. So we like to let people introduce themselves on this show. So Bo, tell the people who you are that we're getting into today. Okay, uh, my name is Bo Skate from uh, Denver, Colorado, the Mile High. You know, we know why it's the mile high. Um, went to the University of Texas, uh, played with some amazing athletes there, won a Rose Bowl, um, played in the NFL for eight years, Tennessee Titans, uh, Bengals Patriots, um, retired in 2013, um, went and got my MBA at George Washington University with a bunch of amazing athletes and entertainers. That was a great experience. Um, you know, turned into an entrepreneur, turned myself into an entrepreneur, um, investment, real estate, um, mentor to young athletes. And now um, I'm into this cannabis industry as, uh, you know, building an amazing project down here in Southern Colorado. Um, we're calling it a cannabis business park, cannabis resort project. Um, a lot of moving pieces to it, but uh, just excited to be in the industry and, and break all the stigmas and really create a true uh, narrative around cannabis and the plant and what's going on in the industry. So I appreciate you guys for having me, and um, I'm excited to jump into whatever we're talking about today. Bet that, bet that. We're we going to get right into it. But I understand you had a lot of surgeries, right? Like you had, you had a, a couple of surgeries while you were playing, a couple out of it, right? Yeah. I told my ACL three times in five years. Was it on, hold on, was it all, it wasn't all in the same leg, was it? Nah, so two on my left, um, and then one on my right. I mean, bro, I didn't think I was going to the league, man. You know, you get to that point and they throw the tag on you. He's injury prone, he's damaged goods. You know, my head was messed up, almost flunked out of school. So it wasn't looking too bright for me. So was that when your journey with cannabis started or was it later on? That's that's definitely probably the, the highlight really of, you know, the, the the ignite of my real cannabis jersey. You know, I was I was in such a dark place in that time. I mean, you can only imagine. I mean, you, you're chasing something and you keep getting set back and you keep getting set back. And you're like, damn, like, why is this happening to me? And this is at a young age when we're still developing. We're still growing our minds and stuff. And you're watching your friends go to the league. And, you know, I went to a big university. So, you know, we had a lot of a, a lot of great things going on. So it was, it was hard just to sit back. And, and, and watch everything and watch all that success and be on the sideline. I literally was the kid sitting on the outside of the fence watching his homies play. And, you know, I fell into a a, a, a dark, a real dark place now. I, I'm real thankful for, for this plant, man, and for this opportunity because, you know, everything I'm doing right now is really a byproduct of, you know, my pain and all the struggles that I've had, you know, throughout my career. It's I, I hear I hear a bit of myself. Well, shit, I, I guess you're older than me, so I, I I would say I hear you and me when it comes to um, the time you started using cannabis. A lot of people talk about you know cannabis use for inflammation and injury things like that. People don't understand, especially when you're an athlete and like your body is the machine that you use to make money, and so much of your identity rides on your body and the health of your body. It takes a huge mental toll. Um, 
And it seems like you were very aware of, all right, how is this affecting me mentally? Obviously, in the moment, you're partying, you're doing different things. It might be like the conscience is nagging at you, but for the most part, you seem like you were aware of it in that moment. So talk to me about the difference of the opioids they gave you to deal with the pain and things like that. And then when you started dealing with cannabis and how that helped you deal with the pain, not just physically, but mentally too. And that's really what, what, what really flipped me to, you know, really believing in cannabis. You know, the opioids, the painkillers, and, you know, I'm used to, I, after all these surgeries, I had been used to taking these painkillers, but, you know, when I'm in college and I wasn't home, you know, I wasn't really monitoring like that. So I'm popping this stuff like it's candy. You know, just, just to cope with how I'm feeling um, as a whole. And I got to the point where it was really, really making me sick. You know, I was nauseous all day long, man. My thoughts was all messed up, man. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, my life is over. How in the hell, what am I doing here? What's going to happen? And everything was just all out of order, man. And, um, you know, physically, like I said, I never felt like myself. Like, I never felt like I was getting better. I just felt like I was walking around like a zombie, um, soaking up in all this sorrow and all this pain. And so, you know, I noticed when I first started using cannabis and really started really getting into it. And, you know, we had a few friends down there who had a little bit of money down there. So, you know, they we got off the Reggie and we were smoking that good. You know, he was buying the good stuff. You know, he bought the good stuff. So, you know, and, I, and I'm fortunate because, you know, I started to really see the difference on how it was making me feel, how it was changing my moods, how it was just uplifting my whole persona uh, to stay each and every day. And, you know, it, it was just contagious. And it was, it was such a notable difference to me that it was easier for me to let go of those opioids and to uh, really drench myself in cannabis because I totally hated that feeling that I was getting from the opioids. But I was so, I embraced the feeling that cannabis gave me. And it was not just physically, like with the relief, you know, I don't have to take these pills and I'm, you know, my knee is getting better. My, you know, everything that was bothering me isn't ailing me as much, but my mood, my mood in my head, it was, it, it was in such a, a better space. And, you know, especially in today's age now, we're talking so much about mental health. Um, and I just can't, I can honestly say that cannabis probably did save my life because if I would have kept spiraling down the path I was on, you know, with the opioids and, you know, going out drinking every night and mixing all that stuff together, man, ain't no telling what that could happen. I mean, that's just a path of destruction. So I'm glad that I was able and conscious enough to, you know, really make that decision, even though, you know, I failed a couple of drug tests in college for, for that stuff. You know, and my coaches were pissed at me for using cannabis. And, you know, I was ridiculed a little bit and it was used against me, but everything, you know, found its way to, to still work out for me. And I'm glad I'm where I'm at now. And I, and I owe a lot of it to cannabis itself. So do you remember like the aha moment with cannabis? Like for me, um, it was probably... I mean, as far as surgery goes, not just in general, but as far as like the medicinal use of and actually used to heal me, it was two days after my knee surgery. I tore my ACL, LCL, PCL, my hamstring ripped off all in one, all in one play. And after surgery, they give me all these pills. I took them for like two days and then I was done. I was like, I can't do this anymore. My mom was staying with me. She was taking care of me. And like you said, the stigma's around it. So I didn't want to tell her like, uh, at first I was like, I'm gonna just do the edibles. I was like, all right, I got, I got to let moms know. So I just pulled her aside, like, listen, I, I understand if you don't want to be a part of this, but if you're going to be here taking care of me, 
Um, I appreciate it, first of all, but I'm going to have to smoke. I cannot take these pills anymore. And she was all for it. And for me, I think not even being high in that moment, that was the aha moment. You know, my mom, like, she is like, she's the same. She doesn't do anything. She don't drink. She don't smoke. She don't party. So to see her so willing to get on board with it, that was kind of my aha moment. Do you have a moment? It ain't got to be with a family member, but do you have a moment where you were like, this is it. You know what I mean? I'm doing the right thing. I'm on the right path. You know, just going, I don't think it was one moment. It was like a gradual thing where I just got more comfortable using it and people weren't going to be able to talk me out of, you know, this path that I was on because I've already been in such a dark place. I wasn't going back. And it's hard for people to understand that, that journey that people are, when they don't walk in your shoes, right? I mean, even a doctor, they could still be prescribing whatever, but they don't know. Everyone reacts to, to prescription drugs and to, to substances differently, you know? But one thing we do know, and, you know, a lot of families, a lot of people in this world have, have suffered um, or lost family members or lost relationships with their family members because of prescription drugs, because of opioids, you know? There's people overdosing every day on this stuff. You know, my own, I have some family members that I've lost and I, my relationship has been damaged with them because it's really took them and changed the person that they were. It's changed their whole cognitive nature. And it's not even like dealing with the same person that you used to dealing with before they got hooked on that stuff. So, I mean, those opioids are a powerful thing. And, you know, it, it's just amazing to me that it's been allowed to go on for so long, knowing um the how disruptive and, and dangerous this stuff is and, and the damage that it does to people. So it's just amazing to me that, you know, even in 2022 with all the research and data and all the you know statistics that we have from what this what these pills have done to people that we're still able to you know sell them and people still get still able to get so much access to them and they don't have other viable options like cannabis to be able to treat some of the ailments and the symptoms that they have. At this point, we have the answers. A lot of the companies helping fuel this shit is on trial right now, or they already lost the class action lawsuit. So it's like, if people don't understand why this stuff is still moving the way that it's moving and why it's taking so long for people to be like, hold on, what's going on? It's like, it's the same people giving the drugs out. Okay. But to shift gears back to the NFL, after all the injuries, you obviously still make the NFL. Um, and you go on to be the only tight end in history, so let me get this straight, to rush for a touchdown, to catch a touchdown, return a kickoff, and record a tackle in the same season. You are the only tight end in the history of the NFL to do that. How the hell do you go from being in that dark place of, I'm on my third surgery and I'm probably written off, to being one-on-one in a space like the NFL? Uh, you know, it was a, I guess the main thing was support. Um, you know, family, you know, sports is amazing in that regard because you got a team around you. And even if, you know, you guys aren't always on the court or the field together, those are still your boys, those are still your brothers. And, you know, I had some amazing guys around me when I was at Texas that they knew I was down, they knew I was sick, they knew, um, you know, I was in a dark place and they never turned their back on me. They pulled me up. They tried to lift me up as much as they can. But ultimately, it's up to you to be able to pull yourself. But that support is so helpful. Um, I also, you know, cannabis really helped me to uh, 
kind of compartmentalize what I was going through and dealing with that situation I was going through. Like I still had a chance when I came back. And so being able to shift that perspective and that mindset when you're going through adversity or when you're in the middle of chaos, that you have, a, that you do got hope. You know, cannabis helped me find that hope um, that I needed to, to carry on and, and to still, you know, fight for the dream of making it to the NFL. Bro, I mean, 1% is going to the NFL off a of rip. Now, what are the chances or the odds of someone going to the NFL after three ACLs when the dude who's going, who's had a, a stellar career is 1%. So, you know, just those odds of me making it, you know, were, you know, one in a million, you know, doing it like that. But I'm just thankful for, like I said, for that support and, you know, for cannabis, like I said, because it really helped me to shift my perspective on what I was going through and look at, look at it in a better light and find a way to carry on and pick myself up so and move forward. Staying on par with the NFL, though, I'm pretty sure you heard the pledge one million, um, pretty much for the study of, of cannabis and its effects. And two-part question for you. Number one, is that enough? And number two, where do you think these resources are going towards? Because like cannabis is a big, you know what I mean? At this point, it's kind of like, it's kind of like uh like liquor, you know what I mean? You got you got wine, you got gin, you got you know, vodka, you got all these different things, you, you got different ways to use it, you got cooking wine. So it's like, there's all these applications of cannabis now, but you hear them make a blank, blanket statement, sorry, uh, we're throwing a million dollars at it. Like I said, number one, do you think that's enough? And number two, where do you think that million is headed? So to answer your first question, no, it's not enough. I mean, a million dollars really don't get you that far, you know, in this, uh, in this time of inflation right now, you know, maybe, you know, 20, 30 million. Uh, and I guess we also need to look at, you know, how that money is divvied up and, and what is it divvied up to, you know, like where, what facility is this stuff getting researched? You know, how clean is it? What's the reputation? You know, what's the background? Um, Cause I mean, a lot of that stuff uh, really um, has a lot to do with, you know, the kind of product and the kind of cannabis people are producing, you know, where is it getting produced from? You know, this is like growing vegetables and, and you want to be able to, have a study where you're getting the cleanest grade of cannabis so you can really get some accurate statistics out there and really get the best product on the market so you can really know the effects of it. So um, that's probably one of the things that I would ask the NFL when I do get a chance to speak to them. You know, that's always one of my goals is, you know, how do I get my foot in that door where I'm able to show them um, what I'm doing and, and, and what the products that I'm creating and, and how effective they are uh, for consumers. So. Um, yeah, I mean, if that answers your question, I hope it does, but it, it's going to take a little more, a lot more money, not just from the NFL. I mean, the government, uh, other big organizations, maybe some big corporations too, so they can see how it might help their employees. You know, yeah. we have this huge, uh, agenda right now where, you know, people can't even smoke cannabis freely because they're getting drug tested at work. Um, you, if the whole goal is to make your people more effective as a business owner and make your employees put them in a position to be successful, then you should have them be, have access to all the resources and the things they need to be able to do that. So I don't, I always have coaches and I know coaches for a fact in the sports much rather have their guys be at uh, the home or in the room smoking uh, a joint or taking some edibles instead of out in the club, drinking, popping bottles 
and, and poisoning the body that way. I mean, as a high performance vehicle athlete, you know, you need every little bit of juice you got. And we know that those other substances uh, deplete your body of those things. Facts, facts. I, like I said, for me, that to me, like once somebody, once we start having a conversation of cannabis and I ask them like, all right, what's your take on, on liquor? What's your take on alcohol? And like, it's like, oh, that's fine. It's just like, all right, you, you haven't done your research on this shit. Cause like you said, it poisons your body. Um, but you, you all, you gotta do, all you gotta do is look at the hangover. All you gotta do is look at the hangover you get from alcohol. Facts. That, that tells you right there, that is a prime example of your body rejecting yeah. what it does. Like that's why it's leaving you like that because it's not sitting well with your body. You've been on both sides as far as being a player. Now you're on the business side as far as being inside the coach. What do you think it's going to take for them to be like, listen, we are getting rid of that rule entirely? Because you've heard things about, all right, we want dollar back in training camp or we won't test as much. But what do you think is going to get to the point where it's just like we aren't testing for cannabis anymore? I think it's going to be more guys like us coming out. Like, let's be real. You know, the, the players are the entertainment. You know, they're the ones that drive this thing, you know, and they put on this amazing show for these fans. So if a Tom Brady comes out or a LeBron, KD's already doing it. If these big, big time athletes come out, even some of the big soccer guys in Europe and, you know, let's just say 85% of the, the stars are doing it. It's probably a little higher number than that. Um, like you say, you know, everyone's closet smokers, but if these, if these big names come out, and speak upon it and as athletes we unite around this they're not going to have no choice but to you know just kind of lower that wall and really stand behind the players because that's what's the driving force for their whole business how long do you think we that how far do you think we are that i don't think i don't think i don't think I, they already know and it's about it's just about getting it inked in the deal now and in paper. I mean, listen, like most business knows what their employees are doing. Yeah. You know, they might not, they might not reprimand them or nothing like that. As long as they're out there doing their thing, it's yeah. all good. Right. But for the safety and for the protection of the product, they know what their guys are doing. They know what their staff is doing. These are billion dollar organizations that have all the resources in the world. So if you don't think they know what they're doing, or the player employees are doing, then you know you're you're misled. So it's just going to get to the point where you know one of these owners also is going to have to step up and just say, "Hey, I don't have a problem for problem with it," and it's going to be backed by doctors. It's going to be backed by their whole uh, health and wellness team, their sports performance coaches, um, all of the above. Everyone that needs to sign off on the use of cannabis um, is going to have to come to the forefront. But I don't think it's uh, further away as far as we think it is. You know, like I said, as once as if we can just normalize these conversations, just talk about it and not get so uh, bent out of shape when we're talking about weed, when we're talking about a plant, then, you know, uh, the, the change is going to come. If Elon Musk is out here smoking, if Bezos is out here smoking, if you know, there's all these big names, actors, entertainers, corporate guys, the whole mix uh, of the elites, then there's not gonna be a problem with it.
This is the halftime report. You know, during halftime, we like to get into it, man. I got, I got me a little, got me a little Titan right here. Uh, some, uh, I think this is this is a, a hybrid. Is Bruce Banner OG? It's an indica dominant hybrid. This is my favorite. I like the indica dominant ones. You got anything with you today? I don't smoke in my office, but I do got a, I do roll, I did roll up a big one. It's a little bigger than yours, big dog. I'm sorry, <laughs> man. I had to roll the big. I had to bring out the big, the big boy today. But I get a low tolerance these days. I be chilling. I probably I'm going. I'm smoking on this stuff right now. This is called Grandpa Stash, man. It's a. Uh, it's also a hybrid indica dominant. Turps are amazing. Smells amazing. Tastes amazing. Um, I've been sampling these different leaves lately. Uh, you know the hemp wraps. I really love the hemp organic papers. We're coming out with a whole line of papers, uh, pre rolls, infused pre rolls, specialty joints. Um, all that type of stuff. So, man, we got some exciting stuff going on with all pro. I got to ask you something about the papers. It's funny you mentioned that. It was a time where, like, it was a joke that, like, these was called white boys. Like, if you smoke papers, it was only white boys smoke papers. Only white boys smoke joints. And for the most part, like, I know, like, me, like, growing up, when I saw old heads smoking, it was always with a Rello or a... Um, or, or a Backwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they get the frontal leaf, whatever. And I gotta be honest, I never liked that shit. Do you do you prefer the, the Rellos and the and the uh, the swishes and the, the the backwards to these? I I, I do. Per, I prefer papers now, and it's because all of us, especially if you're in this industry, you're you're a more experienced consumer. Bottom line, but the high that you're getting with when you're smoking an actual blunt in tobacco paper or in a backwood or in a wrap, it's heavier and it's a good word. And it's a heavier high. And I think that's what people like. I think, and this is a theory of mine, and it's just a theory, man. And you know, so I don't want no one to take this to heart. But you know, I've always wondered, you know, this in the black community, cannabis has always been just a um, a prominent uh, substance, right? Yeah. And they used to always call it pressure, stress. You know, we had all these nicknames for it, right? And it was always used as something that was therapeutic to the struggle that they were dealing with in their everyday lives. Yeah. And it's just been amazing how all this has kind of came full circle um, when we're talking about the benefits and the medicinal properties of why people use cannabis but it makes so much sense why it was such a prominent substance in the black community because, you know, it is hard, you know, being a black male or raising a black family or, you know, maneuvering in this world. Um, and, and, and I've always had a theory, like I, I just understand and I see it in a whole different light now why the black community has used it so much. And, you know, then at the same time, okay, you know, we've always been kind of public enemy number one, right? All right, well, now I see why they were getting punished for using it, you know? So you find what someone likes and what a, a group of people, you know, love to use and then use it against them. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if there's any merit to any of that stuff, but it, it definitely has me thinking, but I'm just glad to be able to be in this space. And, you know, I was never sure now that I know, you know, in this space and, and I'm a cultivator myself, I'm not the actual cultivator, but I own the cultivations and I see what's going on and see how these plants are grown. I know that we were smoking bullshit growing up. 
I know we were. I know they're still right now smoking bullshit right now in the streets. And even on the black market side, mm-hmm. you're not going to sit here and tell me that this stuff is grown in a clean environment because it's not. Bro, even bro, even in dispensaries, I went and got some shit the other day. I'm like, these ashes dark as shit. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah. Like, it's not clean. And it was getting as high as hell. We was high as hell. Yeah. But it's because it's probably sprayed with some stuff. It's because it was probably, you know, they trying to do, they trying to manipulate something to, to make it nicer or to, or to up it a little bit, whatever they was doing to it. But I'm 100% sure that what I'm growing now is cleaner than everything, I, anything I ever smoked in my whole life. I'm 100% sure of that. Hold on, we, we go, so we're going to get to the, to the, to the, um, to the business side of it, the, the, the side that you're on. But I got to ask you real quick before we get there. Number one, what is your routine as far as like, you know, this consumption goes? And then number two, how long did it take you to get that down pat? Because like, like I said, you, you reference liquor, wine or whatever. Like people know like, all right, a glass of this, I'm straight. But you pretty much find out earlier, you know what I mean? Like when a glass is enough for you or two glasses enough for you or kind of your threshold. And I feel like with cannabis, it's a bit more of a it's a bit more of a dance you got to do to get to that point. So how long did it take you to get to that point where you were like, all right, this is what I'm good with. These are the strains that I like. And um, what is your, your routine? I still think I'm getting to the point of learning everything about like which strains, but I do have some amazing strains that I'm growing myself that really resonate with me in my routine. So for me, my routine, you know, I'm up early as hell. You know, when you're building shit, ain't no sleeping in, dog. Like. My mind is on 1,000 as soon as I open my eyes. So, you know, I get up, I read a little bit, you know, drink a, drink a big-ass thing of water, um, and then I just reflect, and I smoke like a little half a gram joint. I smoke this stuff called Lamange. It's uh, like my morning sativa. Um, I, I smoke it, I drink me a big-ass thing of water, uh, reflect, think about what I got to do for the day. I always plan my day out either the day, either that morning or not before. We're talking about priorities of what I got to get done that day. Um, then about 7, 30, 8 o'clock, I'm in the gym for about an hour, you know, get that nice little sweat in. I love the euphoria of coming down uh, from your high when you're working out. Like, you know, you, you know, at first it's kind of like, oh man, you know, you, you're trying to catch your breath or something like that. But once it sets in, it's, man, it's not too many feelings like that. You know, when you got your sweat going and that cannabis is set inside of you. Um, then after that, man, I shower, which you feel that whole euphoria again when you take that hot shower after working out and smoking your joint. Um, and then I just kind of dive into, you know, my workload for the day. I do that for a few hours and then I take, Usually about a 45 minute little clarity break. I'll smoke another half a gram and I'll just I'll just kind of turn my notifications off for about 45 minutes, shut it down, and just close my eyes, sit in the chair or lay on the couch for like 45 minutes and just this is like my think time. Yeah. This is my think time. Yeah. Um, and then you know, I smoke a little bit before dinner. And, and, and I, I uh you know I usually this routine has really helped me, uh, you know, get that good rest later in the day. You know, I'm not sleeping out during the day. I'm not like high out of my mind where it's making me tired and sleepy, but I'm actually getting useful, progressive, 
progressful work done throughout the day and I'm slowing down my thoughts because as a entrepreneur, a founder, or any CEO, you got to be able to slow down your thoughts and prioritize your decisions on what's most important. A lot of stuff that we deal with, even in our daily lives, isn't that important, but we got to find and identify what is. And cannabis really kind of helps you slow down and kind of uh, isolate the things that you need to be doing and not worry about and push aside the things that's bullshit. You sound like, so you talk about Kevin Durant. I was watching John with him and David Letterman earlier. And, and where he said the clips, it's like a clip they, they used from it. I watched the whole interview. But he asked him, like, you know, you're behind cannabis and you're dealing with weed maps and all of this. You know, Kevin Durant told me, I'm high right now to keep it a beam with you. So, like, to me, I, I think it's, like you said, like, one of the things that's going to take to push it forward is more people coming out and saying, like, no, I'm someone who you can, the track record shows, I can get shit done. Yeah. But doing by smoking this is, he said, it helps you clear out the noise. You're talking about compartmentalizing what's important and what isn't, making sure your mind is filed up a certain way. And I described it to Ian on an earlier episode we had of how, um, to me, I was like, it was like things started to click and the fog started to get, you know, moved out of the way. It was like somebody was dusting off the cobwebs on certain parts of my brain. Yeah. But I not talked about enough is we constantly as athletes talk about what it does for us physically. And I think part of the problem is nobody knows how much we have to push our bodies. So maybe the conversation should be shifted to what is this doing for athletes mentally? Body follows the mind. So the mind is the whole battlefield for all this type of stuff. So, right. you know, whatever your mind tells your body to do is what your body's going to do. So this is the command center anyway. And you got to have this thing right here under control or you're going to mess up. Something's going to get messed up and you're going to have to abort mission. You know, so if you don't have this, your mind calmed down and in a good place, which is what cannabis does. And I mean, I'm such an ambassador and advocate for, you know, this, these therapeutic benefits of it. Like I am like, I mean, as, like a, as a, as a visionary, a thought provoker, someone who's had hella concussions, um, selling someone who deals with anxiety and depression, um, someone who deals with chronic pain. Chronic pain starts in your mind and it shoots down your body into all your receptors in the areas that hurt. So to being able to uh, get all that stuff under wraps, and it's a lot, and it's a lot to even think about. Being able to get all that under control and under wraps is what people need to do and what people need to be having, able to have the access and the opportunity to do. Uh, most guys who, and we've seen a lot of this lately in the NFL is, I mean, there's so many dudes. These are dudes I played with, played against. I've grown up with, I've known since high school. I mean, their lives are getting cut short because of mental health, because they're not in a good space. And, you know, I just wish I was able to, you know, speak to them and talk to, and kind of talk them off the ledge and like I spoke about earlier, be able to give them some hope um, that it was going to be all right and that, you know, we, they're loved and they're needed and, and there's a lot more in store for them. Um, and, and cannabis is really, like I said, it saved my life, but it's really helped me see that. You are a businessman. And part of the reason you talk about this shit so passionately is because you, you understand it and it, it helps fuel uh, your lifestyle. So yeah. it, it, I like the idea that you see it from, from two angles. You have perspective on it in many ways, like a good player coach. 
So, so talk to us. Talk to us about All, all Pro Farms, man. Talk to us what, what y'all got going on. I created All Pro Farms. You know, I, I, I was initially a part of the Green Rush because when I first got in, I was young. You know, I didn't understand the whole business side of it. I, I was fascinated with the plant because of my own story. So that's always at the root of everything that I've done when getting into this space. But, you know, you heard all the stories about all the money and everything was making. But once you really dig into it and you get to see how these operations are built and how all these plants are growing and how you build businesses and, and, and build something special around this, you know, you have you have no choice but to be receptive to everything that you that you have the opportunity for. So for me, man, I bought 140 acres down in Southern Colorado. Um, I know I wanted to be um, in the cultivation side of things. So, you know, we're building cultivations down there right now, but I'm really fascinated with the destination and the experience side. So the second layer to what we're doing is we're building this uh, cannabis friendly, cannabis centric destination down there where people are going to be able to come down there and openly consume um, cannabis without having to look over their shoulder. Um, I think that as legal as it is in certain markets in certain states, it's not as cannabis friendly as it should be. Like you can't just pull up anywhere and just light up and take a load off and stuff like that. So I want to be able to provide a place where people can pull up and, you know, stay a night or two and be able to come decompress or find their clarity or slow things down and, and really uh, be able to find the wellness that they're looking for and searching for and be able to discuss and learn about this plant with other people. If you've ever been to a cannabis event, that's the best thing about it. I had one a few, a few months ago. It was every different economic group, different races, different cultures, and no one was tripping. Everyone was vibing. Everyone was bonding. Everyone was talking. And that's the power also of this plant is the amount of unity that it brings between you know, just people from all different backgrounds, kind of like the locker room. You know, yeah. locker room is a safe haven where, you know, you are all on the same page. And I think cannabis is provides that same kind of community that sports does. So it's only natural that, you know, we have these places and these destinations where people can come convene and learn and consume and be able to discuss freely what the benefits of this plan for, how it's helped them and be able to connect and learn from other people who might have shared similar experiences or people who are suffering from um, certain symptoms or things that are bothering them and be able to come and speak to people and learn about how they can treat whatever they're dealing with. So, I mean, that's my big vision. Um, you know, we're building this thing out of phases right now. I'm getting and launching my product into, uh, you know, multiple stores out here in Denver, Colorado. I'm a native, so I'm excited to really bring this to, you know, the place I grew up in. You know, I, I love being on the front, the front line for this. I was very worried, like everybody else, about, you know, how I was, I was going to be looked at early on. But listen, man, I'm 40 years old, 41 years old now. I got a beautiful daughter. I'm educated. Um, you know, I'm not perfect. You know, I, I got a lot of stuff that I'm dealing with, you know, from football, but, you know, I'm pushing forward and I'm in, any real, I'm in a real space where I'm being able to have the opportunity to build something that's bigger than me um, that can help a lot of people and give a lot of people opportunities and really educate and just showcase what this dynamic plant's all about. And most importantly, create a narrative of cannabis that's mine that's authentic that I'm proud of. I love yeah, that. Man. Yeah, man. So you're going to have to pull up, man. Everybody listening to this is going to have to pull up. 
It's gonna have to pull up. I'm over here now. I'm definitely down for it. The, the drive out there is amazing. The drive out there is the most fine, clearing shit ever. Towards the end of it, I started getting the Denver and the rocks and shit started to change and the sky yeah. colors started. Like it was the most mind clearing drive. So I would love to come out there. I definitely got to pull up on you. Um, is that, can I attend the smoke set? What, what is smoke sessions? Can I attend that when I get out there? I just, yeah, just, man. You know, that's one other thing that I think we're proud of is being able to kind of host these micro cannabis friendly events, whether it's yoga, whether it's bike riding, whether it's a workout session, and just be able to, you know, combine the other things that are are involved with wellness. You know, it's not all about the plant. It's all about, you know, adding the plant to things that are already helping other people out too. You know, it's, the plant is going to cure someone all by itself. You know, you still got to have good habits. You still got to exercise, take care of yourself and do those things. And, 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 the, and this is a, is a, is a, is an additive to that. So it's a value add. So, you know, I'm just trying to open people's eyes and really create those kind of events and experiences where people can, you know, come and just participate in wellness all together and just learn about, feeling better and feeling good and how it really affects your performance. And they'll really see a dramatic change in their, in their life and just the quality of their life. Cause I mean, like I said, I'm living proof, man. It's, this has really helped me turn a corner and, and pull me out of a dark space. And, you know, like I said, I'm always here for anybody, man, who's down and out, man, especially the athletes, you know, they deal with this stuff on a daily basis. You know, it's, we're held to such high expectations, not just from our team and our employers and our, our teammates, but ourselves. And sometimes we don't live to those, live up to those uh, expectations and it doesn't feel good. And, and now, you know, we got all the social media. So it's just, you know, adding fuel to the fire. And so, you know, we really as athletes got to be there for each other as brethren and, and sisterin and, and just pick each other up and let us know that, you know, it's bigger than this moment. It's bigger than these moments on the field and on the court. And, you know, we got a lot of life living and, and a lot of, still a lot to achieve and fight for. That's how we coming. Smoke on that. Tell them to smoke on that. <laughs> hey, guess what, D? I'm high right now. <laughs> oh, I can't follow that up. I feel like Papa Doc. What the fight? Nah. You, you got anything else you want to plug? We got to get up out of here today. Nah, man. Let's check us out, man. The website, www.allcoforums.net, man. We just going to be building and growing, so I hope everyone just... You know, keeps an eye on us, man, and uh, I can't wait till this thing really opens up so we can just start supplying everybody all over the country and the world, man. It's a big play. 